Wait, blockchain mining spends more energy than a whole of the Balkans? Seriously? Welcome to Blockchain from the Block. Welcome to the 11th episode of Blockchain from the Block. Uh, it's Ivan from Netokrats and of course Luca from Eternity Ventures, still on his smartphone from last time. Uh, <laughs> and he's looking at me kind of worried because he should be. It seems that blockchain mining is spending more electricity than the whole of the Balkans. Luca, what will we do? Nothing. Why? <laughs> Business as usual. <laughs> I think, shouldn't that be a problem? Aren't people saying that mining is spending so much electricity that's becoming an environmental problem? Well, not really. I mean, this this is journalism or hey, specifically hey, hey. bad type of yeah, journalism. Yeah, I think so. So, um, yes. Mining spends a lot of electricity because that's the only way that you can secure the network. And yes, it spends a lot of uh, electricity, but majority of that electricity is coming from, guess what, renewable sources. Uh, why? Because the miners have a direct financial incentive not to spend much money on electricity. So to have it as cheap as possible. Exactly. Right? And yeah. cheap and as available as possible. So majority of the mining, according to a lot of researchers, are coming either from solar or hydro plants or wind. So basically it's the economy stupid. <laughs> so, so it's basically there's an incentive yeah. to use sustainable Of course, sources. I mean the only the only reason why people mine, majority of the reason why people mine is because it's super profitable. So there's I a thought they did it for the fun of it. Yeah. Some at the beginning I did for I I, I had a Bitcoin node uh, here in Croatia for a long time just for the fun of it. I I mined to kind of uh, help Eternity when we launched the, the, the mainnet. I mined Dogecoin for the same reason, Darkcoin for the same reason back in the days. Sometimes it is, you know, to help to push a project that you like and support. Sometimes it is, majority of the times it's strictly economical. So you will turn off uh, the miners if the electricity cost goes way up. This happened many, many times ago. So that's kind of debunking that myth. Okay, so if, if mining and blockchain are not an environmental problem, are they maybe a solution? I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not an environmental problem. I'm just saying that they're not as big of a problem if everybody's hyping that. If you compare it, so look, if you, if you, look at, uh, if you think about Bitcoin as a replacement for fiat currency and calculate how much actually is involved into upholding one single national currency, and we have more than, I think, 500 of them. Uh, I think this trumps, like, by far, orders of magnitude. The, uh, the footprint. The, the footprint, the printing on, on, on paper, the, the coins, the, the, the transactions, the servers, everything. The SWIFT network, the, the, the MasterCard network, Visa network, everything else. If you combine this and you slice it country by country, you will get massively. I don't know. I never... I never Calculated, I just read a couple of researchers that, that tried to compare it. So that's one of the things. I mean, blockchain, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, they are a super new thing. And like in any, any anything new, there's a lot of, you know, FUD. Fear, uncertainty, ways. doubt. And why? Because it sells and sells clicks. I mean, sells papers. Not anymore. <laughs> it tracks clicks. But one of the things that's actually super, let's say, 
convenient is that blockchain can fix a lot of things wrong in the electrical grid right now. For example, in Croatia, in the Balkans, in Europe, in US. And I think this is the topic of today's uh, conversation because one of the companies uh, called Ampnet, a Croatian company that we invested in from our previous batches, are actually trying to solve exactly that problem. So, for example, if you want to build your own windmill or uh, if you want to build your own photovoltaic um, power plant, let's call it like this, you need to go through the government and the government will issue uh, the um, certificates, the, the, the allowance, whatever they want to call it. And it basically, because it holds monopoly on, one, co one company uh, holds monopoly on the power grid, which all of us pay, is preventing everyone else to, you know, kind of transact in a direct and normal way. And this is what Ampnet actually tries to do. They're targeting energy cooperatives. Yeah, it's a thing uh, worldwide. So basically many, many people pull in and they start either producing electricity from renewable sources from, I don't know, if you go to Dalmatia and you drive around the coast, you'll see dozens, hundreds of uh, wind power plants. They all feed back electricity back to the grid uh, and then you can buy it. And then the consequence of this is that you don't know whose electricity are you actually getting. You just pay a flat sum for your, exactly and part of that is then transferred directly to the to the agency that supports them what they actually want to do is fix that issue and connect people basically provide tools for people to on one hand can fund crowdsource crowd invest major power plants from renewable sources so for example if you want to build a 100 megawatt um, huge kind of hi uh, not hydro but the uh, wind plant this costs usually between 20 and 40 million euros i'm just making this up but um in, in fact <laughs> million euros. disclaimer so much. <laughs> but it's actually quite expensive i didn't check the numbers but they're quite expensive i think ranging from i don't know 10, 15 million all, all the way up. To one big one. So, <laughs> one day maybe. Um, <laughs> but the main point is that you need to go through the normal sources and this is not the easy task. So one of the things that they're going to do is a crowdfunding platform for, I don't know, many, many people to pull in and get the resources and build a plant. So secure the financing for this and then become the owners of that plant and then getting the dividends and or spend electricity directly from that. This is something that has been uh, right now available in many, many countries in Europe. In Croatia, we have the ZEF, one of the energy cooperatives that uh, do this. And then you have the same one in Slovenia, Serbia, Bulgaria, in every every of the countries, basically trying to naturally circumvent the, 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 the bad regulatory system right now, preventing people to make to decentralize the power grid. Interesting enough, I mean, if we look at it, at it from like the point of last a week's episode when we talked about like how how exchanges were started because of profit and just because to make money and everything these are some of the projects that show an, an another benefit where a lot of people maybe that don't are looking at blockchain just from one angle don't even realize that you can use it for a solution like this you can create something like umpnet that I'm sure that a lot of people who are into like green energy, sustainable energy, everything else, look at blockchain and say, oh, this is something again from the tech sector. This, I can't use this. This is not for us, for me, for whatever. It actually is. You just need to know how, how to actually use it, right? Exactly. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing. There, I mean, this this is a disruptive technology, and we're just getting started by the practical applications of it. In their case, in Ampnet's case, blockchain. Eternity blockchain is an underlying layer 
of technology that makes this essential part of that. Without this, they cannot function. This is, I think, maybe the future. In the next 10 years, uh, this is going to be the norm. Today, you don't hear anyone trying to pitch you uh, uh, their product or project or whatever by saying, oh, it's built on Amazon Web Services, Elastic Cloud, EC3 yeah, yeah. or something like this, because you don't care. You care about the end effect. And I think the things that um, many of our partners, many of our companies that we invest in actually are doing is allowing new business models what they would be super hard or almost impossible to, to achieve because, because of many, many kind of obstacles behind it. This, in this case, um, in, in the case of, let's say, trying to fund a, a sustainable power plants uh, at certain point, it is equally driven by ethical kind of inclinations and, 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 and moral, some sort of moral standards, but also at the same time, the need to make a profit mm -hmm. uh, because they don't, they're not kind of excluding each other mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah, I think this is exactly what's going on before, like two years before, two years ago, this was not possible. Why? Because the technology was not there, because you would need to rely on a centralized authority to do the barter and do the, the, the ledger itself. You would need some sort of a trust system that says, okay, I produce electricity and this is my proof that you are spending this electricity that I am producing. Exactly this kilowatt came from my power plant, not the coal, not this one, not that one. It basically opens up a lot of possibilities. Here. And it basically, it just gives you so many things from, uh, for example, how do you vote? So let's say 1,000 of us invested and build a power plant. How do we govern it? How do we decide who, you know, what to do with it? When does it go on? When does it go off? I'm, go I'm going for my, um, like, being a complete ruler. Um, so <laughs> I say what goes and yeah. that's how we do it, right? Yeah, no. I mean, this is how, <laughs> this is how we have done it uh, for way, a way long back. time. But this is now basically, I mean, the guys, the guys from Amplant, they're really, really smart and deep into, um, like on the research uh, basis, they're doing a lot of really cool R&D. You're going to hear more and more about them. But the main point here is that all of these experiments, including Eternity and everything that everyone's doing is in this sector is actually exactly this, experimenting on new business models, new governance systems, new ways to govern and basically direct massive amounts of people who have a, a joint vested interest. Before it was done, you know, via ballots, via some sort of a voting system, which is manual and arbitrary and can be frauded and can be exploited. But in this case, it's not true. In this case, you can actually see the direct kind of consequences of your actions and your votes. And, you know, there's many, many things behind that. I'm, I'm just touching one basic level i think you're gonna hear a little bit more about them just wanted to debunk a couple of things first one that uh, cryptocurrencies are bad for the environment and super bad and we're gonna cook the earth in 10 years if you continue like this <laughs> the second one is that um, blockchain cannot be used in real industries Amplet is a case for this, like hardcore industries. This is one of the first practical applications so far I've seen. And it's not a DAP, it's not a distributed app. It is, but it's not visible to the end user because the end user does not care what it is. And yeah, everything a else. Of, a lot of nice debunking. Let's learn more about Amplet then uh, in an interview with them. What is the idea behind Amplet and how did you decide to build a blockchain project? 
the idea behind AmpNet is uh, to make tools for energy cooperatives. So basically, there are two ways of uh, delivering electricity to customers. One of the ways we all know is the corporate model. So this is when you have a national utility company or a private utility company, and they have a board of directors, shareholders, and then they uh, trade electricity, sell electricity to their customers. The alternative model is a so-called cooperative energy model, where uh, people create their energy utility, electricity utility from the bottom up. So basically, it's a group of people who are all participating in producing and consuming electricity. Uh, we found that those uh, electric energy cooperatives had uh, very bad software, uh, which was either old or not adapted to them. And we found a market opportunity to sell the software to them. And this is why we built Amplet. So what is the background of founders? How did you guys meet? Uh, so the background is we've got uh, three engineers, uh, actually it's five engineers, but three people working as engineers full-time and uh, two people working in the business development. company was founded when uh, our partner Branimir uh, came to Philip and I and he told us that he wants to do something on blockchain, uh, electricity trading, but he had no knowledge on how to develop on blockchain and he was interested in seeing whether we would cooperate on this project together with him. Uh, we said yes, uh, and then we started. It was, this was around two years ago. And then uh, one year later, uh, Edo joined us, uh, who is our energy guy. So he's from the energy field. All of us others are engineers uh, from just like software developers and such. Uh, and he said that our model needed some adjustments so there was some regulatory compliance issues product market fit issues and then we pivoted uh, in july august last year and this is when we came to the project as it is today uh, as for the background of the founders um, i'm a software engineer uh, i've been uh, giving periodic lectures on universities on the development of blockchain systems particularly uh, smart contracts on ethereum uh, I'm a co-author of a book on Ethereum development, a developer's guide to Ethereum. Uh, my co-founder, Philip, he has a graduate thesis on cryptography. He's been specializing in building cryptographic systems uh, ever since. Branimir, the, the idea originator and co-founder, uh, he's a serial entrepreneur. He had, he's had four companies so far, all successful exits, uh, and uh, around 30 years of executive experience uh, with in, him, in his career. And uh, Edo, as I said, he's our energy expert. He's been an energy uh, wind and solar development pro project consultant for 15 years and has a lot of connections with energy cooperatives and uh, others. Yeah, so basically that's the, that's the team. And uh, at what stage is the project currently? The project is currently nearing uh, MVP stage. So we are, we will be, by the time this podcast is out, the MVP might already be uh, out. So our MVP is uh, one part of our three-part platform. So our platform is a crowdfunding platform, electricity retail platform, and electricity exchange interface. The MVP is the crowdfunding platform, it's MVP stage. In your opinion, uh, in the next five years, how can blockchain revolutionize the sustainable energy field and actually can it revolutionize it? Um, okay, so there's been a lot of talk in, you know, a lot, a lot of projects uh, have been saying blockchain is going to change the energy field completely and that it's going to be just, you know, people trading with each other through solar, through everything. I don't think it's going to be that radical and I don't think it's going to be that fast. 
What we gotta realize is that this is a highly regulated industry and it's a slow moving, huge industry. So people can't live without electricity and uh, doing the Facebook mantra of like uh, move fast and break things doesn't work here. Because if you break things, a city goes without electricity. So I think uh, we're gonna see this go in a couple of steps. The first step is probably gonna be, uh, as far as I can see, tokenization of uh, energy sources. So this is what we're doing at AmpNet and uh, this is the easiest part to do. So basically it's uh, transfer ownership of uh, electricity sources like solar and wind, particularly it doesn't really apply to like nuclear or uh, thermoelectric or something like that. But like the smaller projects, uh, transfer the ownership to blockchain, tokenize them and enable easy trading of those uh, ownership shares. Then and the next step I see is paying for electricity with blockchain tokens. This seems to be like the easy step where we will be able to uh, automate the entire system. So basically the, our blockchain system with AmpNet, uh, it detects how much electricity you've spent. It creates an invoice. It uh, sends it to your phone and as soon as you pay, blockchain tokens are transferred to, to the wallet of the electricity supply and then they are distributed to everyone who needs them, who has um, running debts and obligations towards the supply. So I think this whole financial automation will come first and then maybe in 5 to 10 years I can see some more direct applications of blockchain, for example, peer-to-peer -peer electricity trading, where everyone is settling bills with everyone in real time. There are some major challenges there. I'm glad to say that we have partnered with a couple of PhDs who have been actively working in this uh, so, that we can, um, so that we can explore all the possible pitfalls, which I think there are many, but hopefully, it'll be, hopefully it, it can be done. Hope you like the, the green dreams of AmpNet. Uh, and I hope you like this podcast with, of course, Luca from Eternity Ventures and myself, Ian from Netocratia. Uh, have you written your iTunes review of Blockchain from the Block? Well, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. You need to go on iTunes, write a review. It can be good, it can be bad. Just give us your feedback so we can improve the show and uh, give you an even better uh, overview of what's happening in the blockchain space, in the world, and in the Balkans. As always, like, subscribe uh, to the newsletter, to Facebook, find us on Twitter, uh, and we'll see you in the next episode of Blockchain from the Block. And reviews, they're super important. Why? Because of two things. First one, it brings us up in the iTunes charter so more people can hear about blockchain, Eastern Europe, the Balkans, and DLTs. Because it gives, it doesn't feel like, you know, we're speaking to no one. So, you know, you need to speak back a little bit. So, let me do this. I will send 100 eternity tokens to the best review that we read under iTunes in the what? next episode. This excludes, of course, Ivan or Lorena.